Broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street, it's Comets Insider. From down there on the ice, who do you think really made a difference in the first period? Definitely the hockey players, Chrissy. They were the ones who got all the scores. And then you got the goalie wearing every pad in the world and baseball gloves. He's working very hard, too. This is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop. This is Utica Comets Insider, live from Swifties on Genesee Street, courtesy of the Slocum Dixon Medical Group and Bud Light Dilly Dilly. My name is Rain. Scoop is here. We are expecting momentarily Thatcher Demko. Before we get started, uh, we are on Facebook Live at ESPNUR. We're hoping to have Thatcher in the middle of the screen in a couple minutes. It's not like Scoop and I don't like each other, which is why we're separated. We're... we're uh, we're celebrating the urinal rule. You know, skip one when you're in the yeah. men's room. That, that's what it feels like. Yeah, you don't want to elbow up to a guy next to you, uh, you know, when you're in there doing your thing. It's, uh, and you, you ever notice that you look, you look straight ahead? Yeah. I'm always weirded out when somebody wants to start a conversation in that situation. I, was, I had to take my son last week to the, to the doctors, and we had stopped off in the bathroom on the way walking through the building. Six six urinals, and I go to all the way to the end, and the other two people that were there had left, and then another guy walked in in the middle of the process, and he went right to the one next to us. And I walked out carrying my son, and I'm like, hey, bub, just so you know, don't ever do that. He didn't know what I was talking about. But it was a it was teaching like, moment. It was a teachable moment. So before... See- I haven't seen people even do that at the odd <laughs> when they're full of beer and they got to get rid of it. Because, you know, you don't have a lot of room at the odd in those bathrooms. Yeah. And you really are kind of elbow to elbow. And, it, you know, it's a weird thing for guys. We kind of want to, like, just look ahead and, and look at the, the ad that's in front of us or the comet schedule. And we don't want to have a conversation at that moment. And I don't see people doing that. No. Until they back away and maybe go to the sink and wash their hands. That's they might talk about, well, that was a pretty uh, Michael Chaput goal, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. There's just a protocol that you got to follow. Yeah. Man, it's- so a lot going on in, in the world of the Utica Comets. Obviously, we're down to the final weekend of the regular season. There's another 3-3 three and three to wrap it up, so they got a lot of work to do. Yeah, it depends on where they're going to fall in the top four in the North Division. But before we get into that, there has been some news that broke today. There are some transactions that we've got to take care of. Uh, Matt Leitner was released from a PTO. I know that's in the top of our stack of stuff. Uh, obviously, we know this is since the last time we talked last Monday. Uh, Nolan Valou, I hope I pronounced that right. I didn't get a proper pronunciation from Andy Zilch yet. Uh, Zach Lynch, who we had on just a couple weeks ago here on Comets Insider, he was released. And then we dig a little bit deeper because Vancouver has now sent down uh, some reinforcements. So we've got uh, Tyler Mott, uh, Gold Dobin is going to be back. Ashton Sautner is going to be back. Ashton Sautner is going to play in a little bit later as well. Uh, we want to discuss what happened with Humboldt Broncos, uh, the tributes throughout the hockey world, all professional levels. The Comets, you saw the stick outside of the ABC. They changed the colors of their social media. We're going to address, to the Humboldt colors, yeah. Yeah, to the Humboldt colors. We're going to address that. It hit, uh, it hit home inside of the Comets locker room. Uh, when Thatcher gets here, we'll get his feedback on and that. And how about the terrible thing we learned today where they actually got the identities wrong, yeah. which is which is joy for one family, but heartbreak for another. And actually two sets of families because you've got the real family, then you've got the billet family, you know, it's it's, just, and then the hockey family. And I think everybody relates to this story because we've all put our kids on a bus 
to go to a, a soccer game or, or, you know, whatever. I mean, and we've gotten on buses to do that as athletes, and it, it's just something that everybody can feel. We've gotten on buses to take groups of listeners to concerts and things like that, and, and it's it's just it could happen at any time, and it's just unfortunate that it happened to Humble. Uh, we've got Tom Coyne, the voice of the Adirondack Bank Center, He's going to join us on the phone at about 7.30. We're going to get some of his thoughts and perspective. You know, he's had a couple of decades in hockey. He, he's got some, I'm sure, great insight and thoughts on this. But it's, it's, it's a tough thing, but you've got to address it. But there's also some hockey to discuss, and there's some playoff hockey to discuss. And we've got a couple of games uh, in the first round that have now been announced and confirmed. It's game three and four. I know you've got yeah, that information. Wednesday the 25th, 7 p.m. puck drop, and Friday... The 27th, I believe I've got those dates right. Let me double-check there. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. And FanFest is on Sunday. I don't know how the weather's going to cooperate, but we're going to make it work one way or another. We're going to take Comets Insider and replace the Sportzilla show that's normally on from 11 to 1 on Sundays. So you and I are going to have a lot of the players. Andy Zilch will join us. Don Leibel's going to join us. And we're we'll just be, we're uh, going to kind of get some uh, some feedback on the end of the regular season, heading into the playoffs. Uh, maybe some memories from the last six months and, and and everything that goes into a season of Comets hockey. And the one thing you did mention uh, about the trans in the transactions was Reed Boucher. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You know he he's probably going to be coming here, but he's got that broken hand, so he's got to rehab that. And they're saying. He might be ready for round two, which we all hope there's a round two and, and on, more. They said it was about a four-week turnaround, and so it was roughly a week. We've got basically this week of the regular season, and then you got a few days in between. You stretch it out, and you get through the first round. By the second round, we should be good to go. That'll give him his four-week stature. Is here. Hello, sir. He's got his Boston head on for the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry starting up tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring him back over here. Welcome, Thatcher. Glad to have you. We, you were certainly uh, in the mix of the action in Syracuse there. A little uh, fisticuffs. And uh, I was curious. You were unhappy with the refs at the end of the game, uh, giving them a piece of your mind. What was what, what's your takeaway from that game? That, uh, you know, there's some frustrations there, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just a bunch of competitive guys on the ice. So there's a... Uh, little bit of a tussle there in the first and then you know as the game went on we were just trying to find a way to score and ended up not going our way but um you know overall I thought we played a pretty good game Uh, obviously Syracuse is a good team so we were just trying to you know stay in the game there and and maybe sneak out a point or two so um like I said it didn't go our way but it was a good game what did you think about that power play in which they got the goal and the penalty call there uh, I know you have to do a little dance and be diplomatic. Yeah, yeah. we um, understand. <laughs> I, I haven't watched the video, so um, it's it's tough to to you know give my view on the goal or, or the call. But um, you know, I I saw our guy you know back checking there and, and got a stick on the puck, and the guy ended up falling down. They made their call, but the goal is a little bit tough. You know, they they got a shot shot off from the point. It got tipped and and went in. So just kind of how the game goes, and uh, it's a little bit unfortunate there, but. You had a great game, though, really, in Thank spite you. of that. And that's the way those, you know, it was that way last time in Syracuse. Same, yeah, same very, result. very similar game, and I think that kind of just added to uh, to the little bit of, of an envy feeling just at the end of the game, just, you know, having the, the game a few weeks ago go the same exact way where they scored a, a goal late in the game to, to get the one nothing lead. So uh, it was definitely tough. So can you share with us, and I, 
you don't have to use the exact language, perhaps. I don't know what was said on the ice. Maybe it was a little saltier. Uh, what did you say to the officials during during the end of that? Uh, during the end of the game there? At the end of the game there, yeah. I actually didn't say anything. Um, I learned my lesson in Wilkes-Barre. Yeah. I don't, know, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if you remember that game, but uh, that game I ended up saying something and got a penalty for it. So I, I learned my lesson there, but I kind of just was um, – a little bit salty getting off the ice. Um, there's there's some fights going on at the end of the game too, which yeah, we yeah it was a it was a good fight at the end of the game. Yeah, we we I'm weren't kinda, surprised by that. I'm kind of I'm kind of glad though that Vince and Arsenault stood up and and you know made, sent a message. You that. need that. Yeah, I know that that's you know one thing that Vinny's been good at um, when he's been up with us is is he's a guy that's willing to to do anything to to help the team out and you know he's he's fought some heavy guys. Um, and he does that for the team, and, and there's not a guy in our locker room that doesn't appreciate that. So, And it'll set the tone for next time you guys meet. Yeah, not that there needs to be any tone setting just because, you know, there's some, some constant <laughs> bad blood going on there. But uh, it definitely definitely raises the stakes a little bit. The rivalry between Syracuse and Utica, as you know, being, you know, two full seasons here, as far as the fans are concerned, it's, it's a big deal. But it's really starting to feel like, especially the second half of this year, that the players you guys really feel that too like you generally just kind of don't like them out there yeah i mean you play a team so much that's what um, it is yeah you, you see them a, a lot and i think it's you know upwards of 12 times throughout the year so and you know like i said at the beginning both guys or both teams are very competitive um the individual and the team itself but i think that just kind of adds to it uh, when you play a team so much you you kind of get familiar with the guys and and everyone has a job right you know you're trying to to get under the team's skin a little bit um some guys more than others but um you you become very familiar with your opponent at that point and um you know things just kind of rise up to to a certain level when you play a team so much you're you're known and notorious for and this is a compliment being an extremely competitive guy your teammates talk about it and it starts with video games which we've talked about with you in the past uh all the way to even in practice and then when you get in a game when when you get a little bit pissed off on the ice do you find you play better and can focus more or do you need to have you learned maybe to maintain a calm when you know you're getting you know the blood's pumping a little bit uh, i definitely try to stay calm yeah um i think especially in the game you know i think having some some extra competitive juices can kind of distract you from from your ultimate goal which is to win the game um no, in practice sometimes it can get the better of me. Um, and, you know, I've been working on that a lot this year is just, you know, kind of taking things as they come. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely a competitive guy just just with everything that, that life kind of throws at me. But um, Understood. Yeah, and I, I think you kind of saw that a little bit in, in Syracuse the other night and kind of things escalate a little bit there in the, thir- or in the first period. But um, I think it's definitely something that you have to have as a hockey player. Absolutely. Thatcher Demko is joining us, number 30 from your Utica comments. I'm sure you all know that. AHL All-Star this year. He got his first NHL game in this year. Called up in a, under emergency conditions, uh, but it got you a game. He's joining us here. Swifties on Genesee Street for Comments Insider on ESPN Utica Rome. I'm Rain Scoop is here. We've got to talk about it, though. We've got to talk about that NHL game. Let's just get Congratulations. right to that. Yeah, it was awesome. What a thrill Thank that you. must be to have got that win. And it's a good team you beat. The Blue yeah. Jackets, that's a playoff team there. You've got to uh, obviously – you, you had commented afterwards when they scored some of the goals at the end of that game – 
you were still having fun. Um, you, you, you commented that you thought the posts might be bigger uh, in the NHL than the yeah. AHL because they, they rung the post a few times. Um, tell us about the experience. It was it was crazy. Um, it was it was obviously a dream come true. Um, There's going to be a lot more of those, buddy. Let me yeah, tell I you. Mean, let, let's hope so. But um, I mean, I, I got in really late the the night before. Um, I think I got to my hotel room at like two thirty in the morning. We heard which, it was a travel nightmare. Yeah, I, I mean it, that's just kind of how it goes with you know us being here in Utica and, and the farm team and um, them being in Vancouver. So, uh, but the time change definitely got me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I I woke up that morning a little tired, but. You know, at that point, it's just it's just all about enjoying the experience. And, and luckily, my family was in San Diego, so they were able to get up to Vancouver relatively quickly. Um, and they were there for that. So that was that was a great experience. And, you know, I, I, I just had a ton of fun. Uh, I was just laughing the whole time and, and had a huge smile. And um, a little bit scary at the end. Uh, you know, had a good 55 minutes where I was playing pretty well there. And then, you know, they ended up getting some goals and forcing overtime. But, um, you know, overall, it was just a great experience. Talk about any moments or any conversations you might have shared with the Sedins uh, yeah. over the course of that game or the time that you were there. Um, I mean, my all of my experiences with them have just been phenomenal. I mean, you see it all over social media with them, you know, announcing their retirement and just the the response they've gotten from from tons of players around the league, different coaches and. Um, yeah, it was know, way bigger than just Vancouver Canucks yeah, fans. Yeah, no, it, it it was really the entire community, which which was really cool to see because they deserve you know nothing short of that. Um, but I mean, they they've just been great to me, and it was crazy that I was there for for the meeting that they announced their retirement. You know, for the two days I was there, one and a half days or whatever it was, I I got to be there for that, and um, it was just. It was just a really cool experience that I'll never forget. Kind of, kind of shifts the focus off you a little bit too, though, because yeah. <laughs> they've been. You're, you're talking about a fan base up there that's been clamoring for you to to make an appearance up there a good part of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, though, it's the Sedins. You know, they yeah. kind of trump everything. Um, they've been there for so long. They are the Canucks organization. Um, the best players have come through and. Um, you know, they've definitely had a lasting impact on, on a ton of players, especially, you know, well, throughout their, their careers, but especially the young guys that are starting to come up now. And, and as they're on their way out there, they definitely set the bar of, you know, what the culture is going to look like up there for the time to come. I remember your meeting your dad and your dad being here when you made the HL All-Star team this year. And of course, ended up winning the whole thing that which was that that was some fun hockey, that three on three, that final game. Uh, and your mom and everything else, and then obviously your parents got to go to your first NHL game. What it's it's a little different than the AHL All Star Game, I think. The magnitude, it's the NHL. What was the after the game hug and conversation, and what was all that like in in that? Whatever you want to share. If there's parts of it are probably private because it's family, but but what can you share about that? Because being a dad myself yeah. and things like I just imagine. You know, there was some laughs, maybe a little bit of tears, and and some yeah. pride, and some serious um, pride. Definitely a little bit of tears, um, for sure. Uh, I mean, it, it's obviously an achievement for myself, for sure. Um, but at the same side of the, the same coin, you know, it's it's them too. You know, they've they've done so much to get me to that point. It's 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 definitely a, a team effort. Um, so after the game, you know, I, I saw my dad was waiting there. I was going to show him around the locker room, and, and I gave him a hug and. He was like, dude, you just played in the NHL. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when 
you know, when you're in the moment playing in the game, you kind of have to put your your feelings aside and, and focus at the task at hand. But, you know, when everything calms down, everything's said and done, you know, you kind of sit back and you're like, dude, like, that really just happened. Like, an accumulation of all these years of, you know, all the effort and the sacrifice and the support from so many family members. Um, and my parents being at the forefront of that, um, it was really cool to share that with them. Well, kind of a cr- kind of a crazy tie-in, too, back when... You were about seven years old, fell in love with Marty Brodeur. That's why you have the number. He played here, as you know the history, in Utica when the Devils were here for a season. He's your idol. You you see him win the cup, and then you come through Utica to then go get to that moment. There's just some really awesomeness around all that. It's a harmonic convergence of sorts. It sure is. A hockey harmonic convergence. We'll get your thoughts on on Martin Brodeur being your idol, and I've got a whole bunch more questions for you. Thatcher Demko is joining us from the Utica Comets on Utica Comets Insider. We're live at Swifty. Stop down, grab a beer, grab a bite to eat. I'm sure he'll take a picture with you if you want to do that. This is ESPN Utica Rome. We'll be right back. This is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop, broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street on ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Brought to you by Slocum Dixon Medical Group and Bud Light Dilly Dilly Scoop Rain and number thirty AHL All Star goalie Thatcher Demko in the house here at Swifties, who now has his first NHL win. Got one against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Did you keep? your stick or give your stick to dad or was there a memento uh that you kept from that game to mark that first game absolutely um i got the puck i got the uh score sheet i got the starting lineups and um i have the stick still it's in the locker room here in utica but the the team actually brought my mom a uh, a jersey with my name on it brought it right to her seat um oh wow yeah right for the right before the game so she was able to put that on and um, she was thrilled, you know, just I was really happy she was able to get out there and, um, you know, it was a pretty quick turnaround for her. So glad she got up and, and got a jersey out of it, too. The moment that you took the ice at the Rogers Center in Vancouver, lots of guys talk about that first skate and, like, they black out. They blank out. They don't really remember it. What was that like for you? I definitely... Uh, was kind of in the zone. I mean, it's tough to, you know, block everything out. Um, but I definitely was trying to. Um, got out and uh, took that lap. And, you know, when they were doing the starting lineups and stuff and they announced it was my NHL debut and, you know, the fans are, are going wild. Uh, it was a really cool experience. I mean, I, I just tried to soak it all in. And it's definitely, definitely something I'll remember forever. I, for one, think that's where you're going to be next year. And so we're glad to talk to you now because we may not get another chance. I mean, hopefully uh, dur- during a long playoff run we can talk to you. But uh, I-, I think you're a Vancouver Canuck for life. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, beginning next year. Well, I-, I may be following your hero's footsteps. I mean, he went from a year here to a twenty, a pretty substantial 22-year career. I mean, I hope it goes even half as well. And you've done, <laughs> yeah. re- I mean, you're talking about one of the best ever play in the game. So what did Travis Green say to you? Uh, in your interactions, obviously with the experience of him coaching you here last year and then getting the opportunity to go up and, and get that game in with him this year. Yeah, I mean, um, being able to have a, a little bit of familiarity with, with Travis definitely helped when I got up there. Um, he called me and uh, when I was actually on my way there and asked me you know, what my travel schedule was like and, and just the logistics, just making sure that you know, it would be you know, logical to, to play the game. Um, 
but you know he, he put me in and, and after the game he just said you know he thought I did a good job and uh, he's he's happy that everything worked out that I was able to play that day and um, it definitely was nice having him there and, and having a familiar familiarity with the coach. What about uh, Darren Arch, Archibald? Archie's up there as well. I, I mentioned him because the tribute on the mask at the HL All Star Game. You gave that mask to him. No, you, I you kept it. They no, they they actually took that and uh, they auctioned it off in Vancouver. Okay, yeah. okay. What did he say? What did he say about that to you? Because that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, Archie's my boy. Um, him and I are really good buddies. Yeah, and you know he's he's the guy here in Utica. So um, when they instructed me to make a mask that was you know solely about Utica, and I took some time to to sit down and, and think, you know, when I think of Utica, what comes to mind? And, you know, I, I had a ton of the stuff. I had the five-year um, anniversary logo. I had, you know, Hotel Utica. Yeah. Um, I had a, a ton of stuff about Utica on there. I think, and then, I think the Stanley was on there, yep, too. Yeah, the Stanley was on there. Um, and then, you know, our, Archie popped into my head, and um, he's got two nicknames. He's got the Mayor. <laughs> and the gold and the big and, bear and the big bear. Uh, he's the big bear. So I got the big bear up on the mat, uh, the back plate there. He's he's up on his paws, you know, roaring or yeah. whatever. And I got arch two five. Um, but yeah, it was a cool tribute, and um, I got a picture of him with the mask. So. Uh, it's cool to do that for him. For those that don't know, he's also got a big bear tattoo. I think it's on his yep. left arm. He had just he was in with us one point, and he had gotten the tattoo earlier that day. And we're like, dude, you're gonna go out and play a hockey game right after a tattoo? I need like a week to recover. <laughs> I'm like, ah, my poor arms. Yeah, yeah. He he can run for mayor of this town. I'm pretty sure he he would win. He would probably win at this like, at this point in time. Like solely, all the votes would be for him. There would be no other candidate that had a chance. He. <laughs> He's, he's he is man. He's a popular guy and he's a great guy doing what he's doing up there now. But guys like Arsenault are filling the void of him. And 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 I wonder if you guys sensed the the loss of that grit because he was he was a guy that always played physical no matter what. Some guys more so than some games more than others. You know what I mean? They're a little bit more physical. But his presence and his respect in the locker room and him setting the tone and everybody else follows had to have been missed by you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think Ars is doing a great job uh, doing what he does. We talked about that earlier. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's Archie. He, he definitely has a presence in our locker room. He's been here for a while, and the guys definitely respect him. Um, when he's in the lineup, there's... There's a certain feeling in, in the locker room where, you know, it's just how it is. You know, he's a leader, and he's a guy that, that other guys look up to. So I don't think he's he's a guy that you can replace. Um, but like I said, I think Ars and, and other guys are, are doing a great job of, of doing what they can to replace his presence. Got the last three games of the regular season, a 3-3 three and three coming up this weekend. Obviously, I'm sure Richard's going to get in a game as well. Uh, but you guys have some other reinforcements. Uh, Tyler Mott, Galdobin's coming back, Ashton's coming back. And they're rehabbing uh, Reed Boucher back down here, hoping to get him back in by round two. We were talking about that as you walked in a little bit earlier. Uh, but some positive reinforcements. For a long stretch, there was no shutouts. And then all of a sudden, the team got shut out a bunch of times. So to have these guys and that firepower uh, looking at a playoff run in three games, it, it's it's... How's, how do the guys feel about these guys coming in here and the different changes again to this roster that's had, what, 53, yeah, 54 guys, something like that? Yeah. It, even to the very last game of the season, there's roster changes on this team. How do you guys 
gel and get it together and get focused and well, actually, you talk about that th- kind of thing. There's somebody on Facebook Live who wanted to ask Thatcher yeah. what it's like to play with all these lineup changes due to the injuries and how you may have needed to adjust to that. Well, I think the biggest thing that you need, like non-negotiable that you need to have when you have so many guys coming in in the lineup is like that core of guys mm-hmm. where there's just a culture here that all these guys like we mentioned Archie and Carter Banks and Wasey Hamilton uh, Hamilton, uh, Jamie Cyphers all these guys that when you step in the locker room you don't need a few days or a few games to you know, get into the groove of the team. Like the second you come in, you get that vibe from from the guys in the locker room, and we have that. We have the best guys in the league to do that. Um, so I think that's the reason why you've seen our team be so competitive with with all these different lineup changes. You know, guys coming in for a day, two days, and then you know leaving. It's because we have that foundation of guys that you know they make it so easy to come in and contribute. Absolutely. What was your sense of? the locker room in Vancouver and Arch's place in that locker room. It's different. Um, it's definitely different. He obviously has the same presence where, you know, he's Arch and he has that, you know, charisma about him. But, you know, there's guys there like the Sedins and, and Edler and Sutter and, you know, all these guys that have been in the league for a long time. And obviously Archie's had his cup of coffee, um, to say the least. But, you know, those guys have been around for much longer than he has, and, and obviously there's stuff that he's trying to pick up from them and, and things that he can apply to, to his leadership role up there. Um, and I think, obviously, I'm really happy for him being up there, and, and I think he definitely deserves to be there. But I think as you see him spend more time up there, he's going to start to develop the character and, and the leadership role that he had down in Utica, and he'll kind of fall into that place up there. Yeah, he seems to be a fan favorite up there, too. Did uh, you talk to Markey at all? Because Markey obviously had the Calder Cup, the deep, right into the finals. He lost in the finals uh, in season two of the Comets yep. being here. Uh, have, you, have you guys, t- is that something you guys talk about at all? Uh, you know, what to expect? Because the crowds here are, are kind of legendary in the league now. But it's on another level in the playoffs. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, he, I mean, first of all, Marky's one of the best guys I've met in this game. Um, you know, even right before my first game up there, he, he, you know, came back down and he pat me on the back and he's like, "Hey, if you need anything, you know, don't hesitate to ask. Anything, you know, ideas you want to bounce off me, I'm, I'm here for you." But um, he, he actually mentioned to me, you know, he, he really enjoyed his time in Utica, and that was something that we kind of talked about. He said he, he had so much fun playing here, and especially during that playoff run, he just had a blast. And, um, you know, as, as I was heading out after I got sent down, he just said, you know, good luck in the playoffs. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be watching. So um, he, he's a great guy, and, and he really does have a soft spot, or soft spot for Utica. Um, and I, I know he's hoping, for, hoping the best for us. Well, there's a lot of guys here watching you when you were – against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. You were must-watch TV for your teammates here. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Everybody yeah. was rooting for you. Yeah, no, it was awesome having uh, a few guys tune in there. All right, we're up against the break. Thatcher Demko, goalie for the Utica Comets, joining us. Comets Insider is on ESPN Utica Rome. Scoop and rain, and we'll be right back. Broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street, this is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop on ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Stepping in this week for Ask Andy uh, will be everybody else. Scoop, Rain, Thatcher Demko, goaltender for the Utica Comets. Number 30 is here, AHL All-Star goaltender, and maybe in a few weeks, Calder Cup champion, 
We'll see what happens with all that. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Yeah, I, I do, like too. I, I had to throw it out there, man, because we're rooting hard. Uh, Andy Zilch also likes to remind me because I have basically asked for Thatcher to join us on this week after week after week. Did I have a, a big crush on Thatcher Demko in a sports fan kind of way? Well, you should have texted me. I would have been here a lot earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, I just been, I've been so pumped to talk to you for the season, so we're really glad that we got a couple of more minutes with you. And we also welcome on the voice of the Utica Auditorium, Tom Coyne. Uh, he's joined us on the phone. Uh, there's, there's a sort of a serious subject that we want to get to, but before we get to that, I definitely need to ask not only Tom, but I want Thatcher's thoughts on this. Based on the injuries and the PTOs and all the roster fluctuation and everything else that this team has dealt with this year, and we said this to Trent Call last week, is he the AHL Coach of the Year in your mind? I don't know who else it could be. He didn't get it today, unfortunately. Oh, did it come out today? Came out I didn't today. catch the news. Who got it? Manitoba. Um, Oh, yeah. I missed yeah. the, I missed the press release. Now Ben Burnell had it, of course, the guy who was first with anything regarding the Utica Comet. So, regardless of who actually has it, doesn't he deserve it? I mean, who else could it possibly be? He's up there for he, sure. Yeah, um, I mean, what a job he's done. Talk about that. It's it's uh, people don't really you know put two and two together. Um, people always just look at the standings or, or the box score at the end of the night. But I mean it. I, this is only my second year pro, but just how many guys we've had in the locker room. Like, there have been days where I come in and I'm like, who the heck is this guy that, <laughs> yeah. you know, just came in the room? And to to have so many new faces and, and for a coach to, you know, sit down with them and try to explain our systems to them and, you know, the way he wants them to play that night, you know, because he just showed up on the day of the game. It's funny you mentioned that. Last week, seven days ago, he said the same thing. He goes, I'm in like the 68th game of the year, and I'm still running systems with guys. I should not be doing that at this point in the year. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like some of our video sessions are, you know, day one stuff of, all right, this is what our D zone is going to look like. Um, just because we have, you know, five or six new guys in the lineup that, you know, aren't, aren't accustomed to playing the way that we play. Um, so it's been it's been incredible. You know, he... I'm sure he has uh, been dealing with a little bit more stress than he's let on to the team, which you know any good coach would do. But um, he's been he's been great. He's been doing a, a great job with you know what he's had to work with. I reject I reject him not winning it. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. He's my AHL coach of the year. Tom Coyne, take it from there. Uh, what do you think? I'll, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this, and, and first of all, let me just congratulate Thatcher on on his first NHL victory. Um, that was one of those guys that was glued to the TV set watching it along. <laughs> Thank you. Here's one perspective you got to keep in mind about this, about Trent. He, it's not only the number of guys that he had to have shuffled through his system, but what he accomplished with them. He finished in the playoffs. He went on a streak where they were just the hottest team in the AHL with that many turnovers in one of the toughest divisions in the AHL with the Marley, with a, a defending Calder Cup participant in the Syracuse Crunch. I mean, it's, I, I, I like, you know, Manitoba had a good season. There's a couple of other guys you can make an argument for. It would be tough for any of those arguments to, to supersede. And he's a first-year head coach. Having to put up with all of the uh, the stuff that goes along with being at the helm, um, that to me totals up to be coach of the year. So on a serious note, uh, I do want to get you guys' thoughts as well on 
I think a pretty obvious thing uh, would happen with the Humboldt Broncos uh, being that it's it's been the talk of hockey and it hit home in the Comets locker room. It was Ashton Sautner's uh, what was it scoop? Uh, he's uh, he's uncle. got a relation. His uncle is uh, with the team. And uh, Brendan Woods was born there. Yeah, he's from there. Uh, Mike Babcock, the coach of Toronto, was almost in tears in a press conference. And and anybody that's played the game, it, whether it's your family, is even scoop a look to the Billet family or the hockey family in general, it, it kind of knocked everybody back a little bit with what happened. So I want to hear what you guys thought about that. What are the guys talking about in the locker room? Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's been some heavy conversations. And, and it's definitely something that you bring to the rink with you and even you take home. So we'll start with Thatcher. It's uh, it's devastating. Yeah. Um, I I don't really have words to to tell you. You know what that would even be like. It's um, there's just such a, a bond that that happens between a team, especially in junior. Um, yeah. Where everyone's the same age, everyone's going through the same thing, trying to get to the next level. Um, there's just such a bond that takes place on the bus. You know, you you're sitting with guys so cramped, so uncomfortable, and you know, you're you're truly bonding with a guy, you know, at, at the most sincere form. And just to see those kids and, and remember, you know, me playing junior hockey, playing in the USHL. A couple of years. Yeah, years, it's right? only yeah. been, uh, yeah, I, I played there for two years, and it's only been a few years since then. Um, I feel like I resonate with that group of guys so much. And, you know, like you guys mentioned, we have, I think, I feel like everyone in the hockey community knows someone that is directly, you know, affected by this situation. And Brennan Woods' brother actually pl- played for the Broncos and knew a few of the guys that were affected by this situation. And it's just, it's such a hard, hard thing to, to realize and try to wrap your head around. I mean, guys on our team were, were logging into the ceremony they held last night. Yeah. Um, a few guys had to shut it off. They can't. They, it's too hard to watch. And uh, the game before Syracuse, everyone put money on the board for uh, for the team. Um, I think everyone had put a minimum of a hundred bucks up, and we all collected that. We're going to send that out to the team shortly here. Um, and you know, a guy like Jamie Cyphers, you know, right right after warmups, right before the period started in the first, there he he uh, stood up in the locker room and. He's like, you know, we have a lot to be thankful for. We're all here together. We get to play hockey together and um, just take advantage of that and, and go out and play, you know, with with a little bit of respect for, for all the guys that, you know, have suffered over the last week. So, yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's tough to, to take in and, you know, the hockey community is just surrounding around them and, and it's really amazing just to see how much support they're receiving from, from people all over the world. I think you did a very good job conveying some very kind words about a very tough subject to talk about. Uh, Tom Coyne still on the phone. It's Comets Insider Live from Swifties. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this as well. Well, uh, it, it's incredibly difficult. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in front of my son's house who played six years of high school hockey here locally. He's got the Maple Leafs playoff light on the porch. Um, hockey, I've joked about it before, as, as the greatest sport played by humans. Um, but just the skill level that a guy like Thatcher and his teammates have, from them, 
all the way down to the most simple kid who's playing might or learn to skate hockey. You still have to do the same thing. You have to have the same skill set. Granted, you know, the guys at the A and the NHL level have it better than, than others. And these young guys here um, play the game. Anybody who plays the game is somebody who deserves respect for what they can do on the ice and the skill set that they have as athletes. That builds a community. And when that community got the word last Friday that this this had happened up in Saskatchewan, um, I don't know any of the kids on that team. Uh, I'm not that familiar with that level of juniors. It's not one of the high, it's not the OHL, it's not the Quebec major junior, but all of those kids love the game, hunger to play at a higher level, looking to get a, a scholarship to a, a, an American college, a, a Canadian college, to progress their career, maybe someday go back and teach the next crop of, uh, of Canadian hockey players. And just to have this thing happen the way it did um, with the devastating force that that truck hit that bus. And then you have the unfortunate situation that developed today with the, the switch where one family got the kind of news that they had never hoped that they would uh, get, that they, uh, that they who had their son among the survivors is not among that survivors. And then a family that never thought they would hear the words that he's alive gets that phone call. And you have to go through that horror. And then think about the, the supporters up in Saskatchewan, the doctors, the nurses, and, and as Thatcher can attest to it, billet families are like an extended family. An entire community mm -hmm. takes stock in all of these kids. And, and it just multiplies the, the sorrow of what happened in that event. I think what a lot of people in America, the United States of America, don't get, besides maybe the family of a Thatcher Demko who mentioned earlier how his first NHL game was something that the whole family celebrated, that they all kind of got there together. He got there with their help. It was a group effort. There are families that are taking their kids for rink time at 4 o'clock in the morning, and the family... Mm -hmm. It's a group effort. They are taking these kids, these hockey players, and they're making sacrifices so that their kids can play this game. I don't know that that kind of sacrifice is made by any other professional sports families. Yeah, you take your kids to soccer practices, but you don't got to do it at 4 o'clock in the morning. You don't get ice time at, at 2 a.m., and these kids are going to do that because they can play. And as such... I've always felt and I've always believed that hockey players have a greater reverence for their sport than any other professional athletes. It's tough to argue and that point. I think that's been on display ever since this has happened. So the last thing I'm going to ask you guys about, I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Didn't mean to bring... Yeah, try to switch it, gears. It got Jeez. heavy. It got heavy, yeah. I understand. It, How can it not? I, I, it's, it, I, it Hearts was, are broken. Well, it's, Families are have lost love and something that needed to be addressed i think it's a, it's, it's it's top of a lot of people's mind and you speaking on it tom speaking on it scoop speaking on it i, th I think it helps a lot of people uh, i wanted to ask last thing i wanted to ask you thatcher is uh sit back and think about the two years you've spent here in utica obviously you got a few more games and you got the playoffs and things like that uh a couple of uh just anything related to to Utica, your experience and time here on the ice, off the ice, friends you've made, places you've gone, people you've met, you know, 
maybe project yourself a couple years in the future and what are a couple of those prominent memories of your time as a Utica Comet? Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we, we have a great group of guys here. Everyone's hanging out outside the rink, which I think sometimes is hard to find in, in professional hockey, but um, everyone's really good friends and everyone wants to be around each other all the time, and when you have that kind of camaraderie, it makes coming to the rink a lot more a lot more fun and a lot easier. Um, and then obviously just the atmosphere of Utica as a whole. Um, it's really geared towards hockey and uh, we get a ton of support from from really just everyone, you know, the, the, the coffee shops and you yeah. know the restaurants, team stores, and and you know everything. So you sense that when you're out. In the community. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, people. You know, they always wish you the best, and um, that's something that you know you try not to take for granted, and something that you try to thrive off of. You know, as you're going throughout the season, and then obviously now heading into the playoffs. And Thatcher. There's a whole lot more memories to be made, brother. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Tom Coyne, thank you for your words on the phone and for taking oh, some time pleasure. to talk about this with us my tonight. We'll talk to you. Once again, Thatcher, always enjoy getting that announcement. Now in goal for your comment. Number 30, Thatcher yeah. Demko. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We build it All up right, a thanks. little bit bigger, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to take a break. I think we already went over. Uh, we're up against the clock. It's Comets Insider live from Swifties on ESPN Utica Rome. Broadcasting live from Swifties on Genesee Street. This is Comets Insider with Rain and Scoop on ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Brought to you by the Slocum Dixon Medical Group and Bud Light. Dilly Dilly, Scoop, Rain, and Thatcher Demko was here. And if you missed it, we're going to have this podcasted later. Uh, of course, the Facebook Live will be up on the ESPN Utica Rome Facebook page. Let me just interject. Uh, you can get this on iTunes, Google, and Google Play, uh, ESPNUR.com. It'll be there. It's on SoundCloud. And, yeah, as, at ESPNUR, you'll see it on social media, we'll, Facebook, and Twitter. Everywhere. We'll be tweeting it yet later, obviously, yep. links to it and, and what have you. Uh, but three games left, and then it's the playoffs. Crunch. Then you got Belleville. Uh, that's an away game sandwiched in between, and then they return home. Final game of the year, 3 o'clock, Binghamton Devils. And the, the Fan Fest going on. We'll be broadcasting live an edition of Comets Insider. Before the game, there'll be a, a red carpet. We're going to talk to some players as they enter the arena, the odd. And uh, it's going to be kind of like a, a Hollywood red carpet, but it's uh, Utica style, baby. Calder Cup champion Thatcher Demko. I like the way that sounded. I definitely like the way that sounded. And Trent Cull is still the AHL coach of the year, in my humble opinion. I think we're out of time. I don't care what anybody in Manitoba says. I think we're out of time. We're getting the music. So it's all up to you, man. Go Comets!